whenever he gets ready to do something dynamic and life-changing, it starts with a relationship. No matter what. Could be a business relationship, could be a, a, a relationship in your neighborhood, uh, it, it could be a romantic relationship, whatever that is. Uh, God needs two people. He never designed you to do something great on your own. That's why I said if any two of you can just get together and agree, I mean, God needs two of you uh, to do something great. And so uh, one of the things when, when God brought us together, we had no idea, Pastor Ray, that we would be uh, like ministering together. No idea. At, at all, you know. And isn't it amazing how God can uh, use two people that are as opposite as opposite can be? You know, now our opposite goes far beyond just the color of our skin. We are two very different people from two very different backgrounds. But that's how God works. Because when he, when he brings you together into a relationship with somebody, he, he doesn't want you to take credit for anything. And he will blow your mind when you allow God to use you. I want to read this real quick. Everything God does flows through the conduit of relationships. Once again, God needs people. Now, he's God all by himself, but he needs people to do his will. He needs people to come together. Now, here's the deal. That's great. And, and you know, sometimes people are crazy. Don't, don't look at me all sanctified this morning. I mean, no, sometimes you rub elbows and shoulders with people that get on your nerve. Anybody like that? Can, can we be real? Have you, have you ever said one of those prayers and you kind of caught yourself, Lord, if you can do anything, kind of take them out, or then you caught yourself? Y'all you, you know what I'm talking about. You know, you went to bed thinking the world would be better when I woke up and that person was not a part of the world anymore. Okay. You're going a little bit far there. <laughs> but that's how people can get up under your skin. But here's the deal. It's how we manage ourselves that will determine whether or not we're able to have a successful relationship or a God connection. How many of you ever felt like you messed up a connection that God brought into your life? You see? And, and, and you realize, man, if, if it was the problem was me, I was crazy. I was jacked up. I was something. God was trying to bless me, right? And so we got to learn how to manage those things. We got to learn how to take care of the relationships that God brings into our life. It takes a village, amen, to do something great. It takes a village to change a city. It takes a village to change a country. Tony Evans said it this way. He said, if you want a better world, you must have better nations. And we're going to start out real big here. Want a better world? You must have better nations. If you want better nations, you must have better countries. If you want better countries, you must have better cities. If you want better cities, you must have better communities. See it getting smaller? If you want better communities, you must have better neighborhoods. If you want better neighborhoods, you must have better families. If you want better families, you must have better marriages. If you want better marriages, you must have better relationships. We must learn how to get along and dwell together with one another. Now, here's a little background information on us uh, that we always like to tell when we go out and minister. Just once again, my background is uh, for the past 20 years, I've been in full-time ministry. And uh, coming up in the church, you know, I was one of those kids. My mom made me go to church. Anybody like that? You know, you just, that was it. Sunday morning, you didn't have an option. And so mom made me go to church, and uh, when I was 16 years of age, on my 16th birthday, my parents, my dad left. My parents got divorced, and uh, I was fortunate enough to be in the church and had some, some men of God 
uh, that were leaders. I mean, thankful for, for leaders in the church. I don't know about you, but I'm so thankful for, for, for men and women leaders in the church that, 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 that understood his dad left. That's not my son, but I'm going to step in that place. You see, that's, that's relationship. That's coming outside of your own family and realizing this is a young man that needs a father figure. Who am I to withhold some advice that I can give him and be that father figure? So I was blessed and fortunate enough to have some men of God to step into my life that, that, that no doubt they were an influence in what I do today. So I'm very thankful for that, for men that were not selfish and that said, I don't have time. I mean, we have time. Come on, we have time for everything we want to do. We make time for it. Okay, and but sometimes when when God's pushing us and and we've got to we've got to we got to make time for that. We, we've got to clear our our calendar and schedule and do those things that that will add value to somebody else's life. And so I had men that step into my world and they they shape my future, and I'm so thankful for that. And you know, moving on through life, and it went went off to Bible college and started working at several churches, but I was never able to 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 have a successful dating relationship and I didn't know what was going on I, I there I was I was a man of God I was I was I was in the word of God but but I'd, I'd, I'd get involved with a relationship and I'd always jack it up I'd get involved in a relationship and I could not commit I'd get involved in a relationship and and I'd end up doing things that I had no business doing anybody ever been there you don't have to raise your hand but you give me mm-hmm, yeah you know you yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, and, and, and got involved with people I never should have been involved with. And, and I didn't know what was sabotaging that part of my life because everything else on the outside, I was successful. But on, that, on, the, on the hidden side that I didn't want to invite anybody into that arena of my life, that was all messed up. And I didn't know what was going on. And God took me on a journey, and I don't want to get ahead of myself, but God took me on a journey when I was able to, to meet my wife, and we went on a dating journey. We'll talk a little bit more about that, but the theme of it is, is showing you how God is able to take two broken people, two jacked up people, two people that never thought they'd be doing what they're doing, and he's able to make a great purpose out of that. And my story is basically, like Adana said, we are the exact opposite. I grew up Catholic, and for those of you that know, that means I went to church on Christmas and Easter, and that was about it, and that's what I called Catholic. My grandparents were strict Catholics, and uh, we kind of just hid from them that we didn't really go to church much, but we grew up Catholic, and I didn't have a relationship with the Lord, so I always say that I was heathen when I was growing up, so... um, But I uh, also struggled in areas of relationship, and that would be once I was old enough to date, I would get into a relationship with somebody, and we would date for about two years, and things would be great. And then after two years, that was about it. I was done with the relationship. And I would go for a while, wouldn't date anybody, and then I'd find somebody else, and I thought, oh, this is the one. And two years later, it wasn't the one. And uh, again, I met somebody and I thought, this is it. This is the one. And I got married. And unfortunately, two years later, 
I got divorced. So it was at that moment that I knew that I needed something different. And it was then that I found Jesus and I started living my life differently. And let me say to these relationships, you know, I remember growing up, my aunt, uh, she wasn't Catholic. She had a relationship with the Lord. She just planted these little seeds into my life to get to know Jesus and just coworkers, people. You never know who you're speaking to. Just those little seeds that you wonder, are they ever going to come to fruition? Are you ever going to see the fruit in that person's life? And I'm here to say, yes, you are. Because it was all those little seeds that were planted into my life that made me come to Jesus and change my life for him. So it was those areas of relationship that I really struggled. I knew that one day I wanted to get married. Well, I knew that one day I wanted to have children. And in order for me to have children, I knew I wanted to be married. So I knew that God had to help me because I, I struggled so much in that area. And it was in that process that God just opened my eyes to to everything that I needed to be in a successful relationship. And I can say we are here today. We passed the two-year times five. So I think we're good. I think we're good. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to say what I said with the, with the young adults. Young adults, you remember what I said? That I was worried about that two-year mark. And then I just, you know, then it dawned on me. It, I'm going to do it. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. it. It dawned on me. You know, it, the, the, the devil was trying to lie to me, say, you know, she's never made it past two years. And I thought to myself, but once you go black, <laughs> that's it. You never go back. I knew it. I had that. That was, I sealed the deal with that one. That was it. That was it. That was it. And so, so we went on this journey and... <laughs> That's it. So we, we, we went on this journey when we, when, we, when we started noticing each other. And this is the thing about, about relationships. When it's, when, it's, when it's God and God is connecting you with somebody, you've, you've got you've, you've to pursue that. You can't just sit around waiting for everybody to connect with you. And when God is showing you somebody, maybe he's dealing with you about connecting with somebody, inviting a coworker out uh, for on lunch break, and because you've been noticing. And here's the deal. If you've got an ounce of God on the inside of you, the Holy Spirit will begin to tell you things about other people. And, you know, don't sit there and say you don't have time. Or like Heather said, people begin to plant seeds. And, and, and God's not called us to change anybody's life. He's called us to plant some seeds. He's called us to be a friend. He's called us to be a confidant. And so when, when we started realizing that we were liking each other, I, I remember I was, a, I was a single associate pastor at the church, and it was kind of awkward for me uh, because I couldn't just walk up to her and say, hey, what's your number, you know? I, I couldn't do that. And so I got real creative, and I found out she liked uh, to play golf, and so the Lord told me to start a golf life group. And... <laughs> Now, see, every time I share that, people laugh. Like, y'all don't believe that God spoke to me and said, start a, a golf life group. And I said, yes, Lord, I was obedient, you know. At least I was obedient and did what God told me to do. 
And so I started this group, and, and I went up to her in church one day. And I was, you know, uh, you know, guys, you know, just being vulnerable, it's like we, we fear rejection. And, and I was like, I don't want to be rejected. And so I went up to her, and I said, hey, Heather. I said, I understand. I heard you like to play the game of golf. I said, I started a golf life group. I said, if you just give me your phone number and your email, I'll let you know when we're meeting. And so that's how I got her digits. And that's how, and so, and so I, I would text her like, hey, we're going to be playing golf here. And, and this went on for about three months. And she'd always reply back or, or she, or via text or email and say, hey, I'm busy. I'm working. I can't make it. So I'm starting feeling some rejection. Like maybe she's on to me now, you know. <laughs> maybe she's on to me. And so, so uh, I remember one time me and some of the guys, about five guys, friends from church, we were out at the driving range. And all of a sudden, my peripheral vision, I see this, this, this blonde girl get out of this truck and my heart started racing, you know, and I'm like, is that her? And she's all decked out. I mean, she's got a pink outfit on, uh, her golf bag matches her outfit. I mean, I mean, you have to be stylish when you golf, right? (laughs) So she's looking like an LPGA player. So she comes walking towards us. Now I'm freaking out because I don't want these guys to know that I like this girl. Because I'm, I'm an associate pastor. I got to be all dignified and all this stuff. So I'm like, I don't even know what to say. I'm sweating. I'm nervous. And she comes walking up. And I got all uh, pastoral. I said, God bless you, sister. You made it out to the group today. I didn't know what else to say, you know. And so if you know anything about a, a golf range, you know, you can hit off some artificial mats or some of them have real grass in another area. And the first thing that Heather says, she goes, well, you guys are hitting off these mats. I don't like to hit off the mats. I'm going to go down to the grass. And I panic because I'm like, this is the first time she's ever shown up. I want to at least be around her. I didn't know what to do, but I got pastoral again. I said, no, sister, this is a life group. We have to do this together. Now, I'm just going to say, I wasn't trying to avoid the group. I went out there to golf with the group, but I didn't want to make a fool of myself because I can't hit off the plastic mats or I don't do well hitting off the plastic mats. So I wanted to go down to the grass. And he always says that. And I'm like, that always makes me sound like I'm high maintenance. But then I thought, wait a minute, I kind of am high maintenance. So (laughs) y'all fellas, y'all feel me on that one? Yeah. And so... You know, she started walking down and in panic. I didn't know what to do. And I think I did what any other uh, single guy would do that was trying to get next to a woman. I looked at the boys, the men I was with, and I said, grab your clubs, boys. We're moving down here to hit off the grass. And I've been following her every day since. Make no mistake about it. I mean, no, women are in charge. Give you... Women? But he knew what he was getting into. That, that's the thing. He knew right then and there what he was getting into. And so we, we kind of discovered that we were liking each other. And I want to talk about a journey because, once again, uh, as, a, as a family, as a single person, as a married couple, uh, as somebody in business, uh, God takes you on a relational journey to discover some things about one another especially if you're going to be in partnership. Marriage is a partnership. Friendship is a partnership. Nobody wants to be in a one-way friendship. 
You ever feel like you get the short end of the stick sometimes? How I many know that only lasts so long when it comes to friendship? You're always giving and giving and giving, and it's like, okay, pretty soon you start, you start putting some distance between yourself because you've, you've realized that's a, that's a connection that's draining you more than filling you. And so we started realizing that we were liking each other, and immediately uh, we went on this journey. We went to our lead pastors and said, hey, we, we're kind of liking each other, and uh, this is our past. This is uh, things that we've gone through, and w- we, we want to give this a shot to see if, if this is a God connection. I mean, you have to test the waters. Don't, don't just jump into any type of partnership or just every, my, my grandmother used to say everything that glitters ain't gold. So you can't just jump into anything. You got, you got to test that out. And we went on this, this, this journey, uh, about a, what, about a five month journey of just testing the waters, uh, with our relationship. But it taught us many things and we're going to talk about them right now, but it taught us uh, many things with each other. The first thing we had to understand was we had to be authentic with one another. We had to be authentic with, with our leadership and be vulnerable and, and say, hey, these are our hangups. I mean, sometimes we don't like to reveal things about ourselves that are negative. And we had to look at one another and talk about our past. We had to be honest with each other. And so the last thing we wanted to do was be fake. I mean, when you bring something fake to the table, you, you got to deal with that for the rest. Come on, come on. It's, it, it's hard to keep a lie alive. And so we wanted to be honest with each other. Psalms uh, chapter 133 verse 1 says, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. So the Bible says it's a good thing, but how many know you got to fight for unity? I mean, it doesn't just come automatic. You know, we went on this journey and we learned that we were very different from each other. You know, I was, I was kind of in the mindset of thinking, okay, since I'm the man, you know, she should just fall in line with everything that I'm doing. I mean, no, that, 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 I mean, no, I mean, no, I mean, no, I got a quick reality check. I got a quick reality check. And so, but I remember times we would sit down and we would have some honest conversations with each other. And, and I believe that's a, that's a key step, guys, is being authentic. I mean, no, you, can, you can sniff out when somebody's not being authentic. When somebody's not being genuine, you can smell it. You see it. And they're trying to bring this fake facade to the table. And you don't know, ain't nobody got time for that. And, and you've got to learn, especially if it's somebody that you're going to be in deep connection with and partnership and somebody that you're going to love, they're going to love you back and they, they're going to have your back. And, and the last thing you want to do is being partnership or friendship with anybody that you don't trust. I mean, no, God gives you the Holy Spirit to, to, as that indicator. And you got to pay attention to those gut checks. Amen? Got to pay attention to those things because that's the Holy Ghost trying to, trying to prod you just a little bit. Hey, wait, watch this person, you know. And it doesn't mean you've got to count them out, but you've got to be cautious. And so when we first started talking and, and, and getting on this journey, uh, we were very strategic, but it was just a lot of honesty. You know, we would ask each other, what do you think about this? What do you think about uh, uh, this type of relationship? What do you think about kids? What do, what do you think about your past? Tell me a little bit about your, how did you make those mistakes in your past? You know, have you learned from those mistakes? That was very important for us. And uh, we were in our 30s, so I mean, we didn't have any time to waste. 
we were like, we're not, we're not, we're not teenagers. We want to be strategic with this. So the first step with us was, was being authentic with one another. And I love that because it's like, we've never, uh, I've never looked at Heather and like, Hey, you know, I'm going to expect you to do what I do. I'm going to expect you to preach. You know, uh, my wife is, is, you know, doesn't have ministry background. And I looked at her and said, I'm never, I hope you never expect me to do what you do. And so anybody ever seen those CSI shows, forensics and all that stuff? My wife is a forensic DNA scientist. So I married way up and out of my league. And I don't, I'm, I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed to admit it, you know. And uh, I remember one day we're driving down the road. And this is even, bef- I think it's after we got engaged. But we're driving down the road, enjoying the day, and my wife reaches over and pulls a piece of my hair out. I'm like, what? What, is, what are you doing? I mean, she pulls my hair out of my head. She goes, I got to go run this through the lab to make sure. I'm like, what, what am I getting involved in here? She just wants to double check that I wasn't in the system somewhere, you know? I'm like, okay, all right. I mean, you never can be too careful, right? (laughs) She was double checking. I was trying to be as genuine as I can, but she double checked. I mean, the Holy Ghost will double check for you. The Holy Spirit will double check for you. So that was the first thing, guys. We just wanted to be authentic uh, in our relationships. And the second thing, I'm going to let my wife talk a little bit more about that, but uh, we, we had to learn how to manage our relational conflict. And that is huge. That is huge because here's the deal, guys. When God puts you in relationship with somebody or, or God connection, once again, there's two people from different uh, uh, arenas and different paths, and, and you're bringing a lot of opinions to the table. Uh, you're bringing a lot, a lot of baggage to the table, and you've got to learn that that conflict can be a good thing and not be afraid of it. Amen? Romans 12, 18 says, don't hit back. Discover beauty in everyone. I mean, no, that's hard to do sometimes. That's why we've got God to help us. Discover beauty in everyone. If you've got it in you, get along with everybody. Don't insist on getting even. I mean, some things you've got to just let go and let God. That's not for you to do. I'll, I'll do the judging, says God. I'll take care of it. And so in our, in our dating relationship, we, we, we had a lot of conflict. And we didn't let the conflict scare us. But we went on this journey of trying to, trying to learn each other's personalities. And so I remember the, one of the biggest fights we've ever gotten into, and, and, and I'm talking about I thought I married the wrong person kind of fight, is, and I don't know if I shared this with you before, but I shared it with the young adults, but right after we got, uh, right after we got back from our honeymoon, Right before we left, we moved all of my wife's stuff into my little one-bedroom apartment. We got back from the honeymoon, and, and we were unpacking the boxes. So I opened up one box, and I looked in the box, and there was an iron, like you iron your clothes. And all I said, fellas, was I said, praise the Lord. I said, now we've got two irons instead of one, because I already had an iron in my apartment. That's all I said. And my wife looked at me, and she goes, well, that's silly. This apartment is too small to have two irons. That's what she said. Now, what I heard was, what I heard was, you're too stupid to realize 
that we don't have room for two iron. That's what I heard. And, I'm t- and we were fresh off the honeymoon. And the thought went through my mind, I have messed up and married the wrong person. And I shut down for about two days, walking around, processing that, mad, thinking, thinking I have really just screwed up my, the rest of my life over an iron. This woman has called me stupid. So I didn't know how to handle that. So, so God had to work some things out of me. And finally, I went up to my wife after about two days, and I had to swallow that pride. And I said, you know, babe, um, the other day, you know, when you said that about my iron, I said, um, I said, uh, I said this, is, this, is how, this is how that made me feel. You know, and, and God had to force me to do that. To swallow the pride, I said, this is how you, I felt. And it gave her the, the option or the, the chance to say, well, that's not what I meant. And I think she even forgot about it, you know, after, after two days. And I said, uh, I know that's not what you mean, but this is how I felt. And so we made up and everything. And so got through that. And about two years later, uh, we were doing this event at the church, and we had a bunch of tables, and we had to, to rent some tablecloths. And they came in boxes. So we opened them up, and they were all wrinkled. So we had to start calling people from the church, hey, can y'all bring an iron up and help us iron these things? And so my wife called me and said, can you bring the iron up? And I said, yeah. So I took it on up there. And they used it so much, it burned out. So then she called me and said, hey, you know, our iron broke. It burned up. Can you go down to Walmart and buy another one? And I said, now, if you would have listened to me. Two years ago, we wouldn't be having to waste money on another iron today. So we got through all that, but... but. And I'm just going to point out, it's 10 years later, and he still is talking about the iron. But, but we learned a lot about ourselves through that, and Heather really kind of showed me how, how I process and I stewed on stuff, and... And I think, too, you know, when we were dating, like I said, we had asked our our leaders to come into our relationship, and they made us, I feel like they made us jump through every hoop possible, but the thing is, we had asked for that, and we had to be obedient to that because we had asked for that, and we knew it was what was best for us. It wasn't easy. It was very difficult, and it wasn't easy, but I remember one of the things that they had us do was take a personality test. And it was when we took that personality test, we realized a lot about each other. You can pick up on certain things about in, in relationships and in friendships and dating relationships. You can pick up on certain things right from the get-go. But there are just sometimes you have to go, you don't know because it's, it's deeper. And we took these relationship profiles and we learned a lot about each other. And one of the things that we learned was um, just in conflict, how we handle conflict. And I tend I. I say there's two type of people out there, and maybe you're some sometimes a little combination of both of these, but there are what I call stewards, which is what Adonis is. He likes to sit on the information, and then he stews about it for a few days. And then there's people like me, which I call spewers. 
And I like to just get it out and be done with it. And, but I have to be careful with my words because as a, as a spewer, sometimes what your mind thinks comes out of your mouth. And as you guys all know, so you, we sometimes want to just rewind, rewind, pull it back in. So I've had to learn that it's important for me to, even though I want to spew it out, it's important for me to stop and think really quickly and process and think about what I'm about to say so my words aren't hurtful, so my words articulate what I am feeling instead of being hurtful. But we had to learn that, you know, sometimes he just needs that time because I would get mad as a stewer. I would get mad because I just want to fight it out and be done. I want to go to bed that night and just be at peace where he wants to think about it. And and I had to learn that. I can't just push him because if I push him, then what happens is he's not ready. He hasn't processed his feelings. He's not ready to let me know how he's feeling. And I had to learn that I just had to be patient. Just give him a couple of days. Give him the time. And when he's ready, he'll come back to me. And that that's hard, that's hard as a steward because I wanted to be done with the situation. But we, it's just learning those things about each other in any type of relationship, whether it's your coworker, whether it's a friend. You just have to learn uh, how, how they handle conflict and you have to be receptive to that and then you also have to uh, realize how you handle that conflict and maybe you need time to stop and process and think things through before words come out of your mouth too. Absolutely and uh, you know it's one of those things too because no matter uh, where you are and and this applies way beyond just a marriage It, it, it applies to all your relationships uh, because your ability to get along with one another is going to determine how far uh, the purpose goes for that relationship. And and it's not about, you know, I say this, marriage is, is it's not 50-50, it's 100-100. Okay? And any God connection is 100-100. And so there's going to be often times where you feel like, because we're, we're people of flesh, right? And there's going to be times where you feel like you're getting the short end of the stick. Anybody, let's get real. Sometimes you're going, that's, that's, that's life. And that's, that's just relationship, you know? And so we've, we've learned as, as, as we've, you know, uh, been married for over 10 years, we've learned a couple things, you know, uh, we don't ignore conflict when, when it's there. We realize it's there. Now we process it differently, but we realize that the, the, the worst thing you can do is ignore conflict or try to sweep it under the rug. Okay, I tell people you got you got to be honest with one another. You got to care for one another and realize, hey, hey, our 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 relationship should be stronger than the conflict. It should be stronger. You know, I was I was I was reading up on on what causes uh, tsunamis in the wave when the, when the when the when the Earth's platelets shift. And they say what happens is when the when the when the the pressure of the contact becomes stronger than the contact. I'm gonna say that one more time. They said a tsunami happens when when the, the platelets are kind of stacked right up against each other, so they have a contact. But they say when the pressure of the contact becomes greater than the strength of the contact. See, when, 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 you're, when you're connected with somebody that, that God sends into your life, 
relationally, whether it's business or friendship, whatever, that's a, that's a contact, okay? Now, now the pressure, we're, we're, we're not uh, shielded from pressure, pressures of life, pressures of world, pressures of just every day. But we've got to make sure that we're stronger than the pressure. Because if, if we're not stronger than the pressure, then the pressure breaks our contact. And then we start blaming one another. Oh, don't, don't, don't get quiet on me. We start blame shifting. Well, God, you gave me this woman. It's the woman you gave me. That's why I'm all jacked up now. We start fault finding with one another. We start getting bitter. And it's the enemy's job is to drive a wedge between any relationship that God brings together. That's, that's what he tries to do. Because where there's agreement, there's power. God said, I just need two of you. I just need two of you. I don't need a whole army. I just need two of you to be on the same page, to walk out the plan. That's good preaching right there. I'm going to give myself a pat on the back. Right there. He said, I just need two of you. So we don't ignore the conflict. We, we try to package our conversation, and we focus on the positive outcome. Meaning we understand that this little temporary conflict is not going to uh, uh, distract us from the prize or the purpose that God has uh, for our connection. And that's really important. you got to keep that at the forefront. And then the next thing, guys, is, is the relationship maintenance. I mean, you got to take care of what God brings into your life. You can't take it for granted. You got to take care of it. And here's the deal. So many times in our human nature, we, we, we try to put that responsibility on somebody else. Genesis 4, 9, and the Lord said unto Cain, where is Abel thy brother? Everybody say thy brother. He says, where is Abel thy brother? And, and let that sink in. And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? This is a responsibility that God has placed on each and every one of us, especially in the house of God. Come on. In the house of God, where, where, is, where is Abel, your, your brother? And, it, and it's not so much as God did not know, but I believe he posed that question to us because so many times you, can, you, could, you, could, you could be in a church service and walk out together and go have lunch and not know where each other are. Because a lot of times behind the pleasant conversation and the smile, somebody could be dying on the inside. Somebody could be one, one day away from throwing in the towel. And we got to go beyond just the surface to diving into a deep relationship with people. And it doesn't mean you got to be in deep relationship with 20 people. Just connect with the ones that, and my wife is real good about that. I'm, I, I'm more of, you know, I'm more of a loner at times, but my wife, when she finds a group of, of, of certain friends, I mean, she goes into deep relationship uh, with them, but it's checking up on people. Don't take people's smiles for granted. Don't, don't let a smile communicate everything is okay with that person. Don't let a pleasant conversation let you think, okay, they're good. They don't need to be checked up on. No, God's called us to do that. Even in our marriage, we'll, we'll, I'll always ask my wife every now and then, we just say, are we good? I mean, because no, you can live life taking that for granted. 
And we've all sat across the table from people or found out friends that were married all of a sudden, what, they're getting divorced? What? I thought they, we were just out for coffee the other day. But somebody is not bringing honesty and truth to the table. And somebody's not checking up on the relationship that God has given them. Don't ever take that for granted. There's no, there's no, you, you, you haven't sealed the deal. You got to walk that out. Amen. And so with the relationship maintenance, guys, we, we tell each other all the time, show gratitude, uh, give compliments. When's the last time you gave somebody a compliment? Think about it. It doesn't have to be huge. It could be, wow, you looking good today. Just a compliment to somebody. Be interested and in the moment. How many know sometimes we got to put our cell phones down? Come on, you, you, you go out to dinner. I mean, you can look around the whole restaurant. Where, what's everybody doing? 80% of the people, boom, right there. Even with, even with our, our younger generation, how I many know our kids know how to use our devices like a whole lot better than we do? You know, even our little girl, when she gets ready to do something and she doesn't know how to do it, she goes and, and she'll ask Siri or she'll go, hey, Siri, I think you were doing hair one day, right, or something. And she was doing some hair, and she was, uh, I think you asked her to braid. I asked her to braid my hair, and, and she said, okay. And she walks out of the room, and I thought, that's odd. And she goes and gets the iPad, and she said, Siri, how do you braid hair? <laughs> and she watched a little video. Next thing I know, she's braiding my hair. And so sometimes I think we gotta, we've got to put some technology aside every now and then and really give some people FaceTime. My wife is on me all the time like it's a big deal for her to know that I'm listening to her. And so sometimes she'll give me a list of stuff, maybe to go to the grocery store. And you, come on, guys, you know how we do sometimes. Oh, yeah, we try to lock it up in here. And, and the moment that phone conversation is over, like we're, we're, we're sweating it because we forgot an item. And then we're too prideful to call her back and say, now, what did you tell me? Because I know she's going to say, see, I know you don't listen to me. <laughs> and so a lot of times it's being in the moment with people, especially in the, in the house of God, in the family of God. We got to make sure that we're checking up on one another. And I think, too, ladies or even men, Adonis uses the, you know, we maintenance our car. We get oil changes on our car. Ladies, we maintenance our hair. We go and we get our hair colored or our hair cut. It's we're taking time to put into, into something that's important to us. You know, recently I um, found out I had low iron and I realized that, you know, that comes from what I'm putting into my body, how I'm maintenancing my body. And I decided that, you know, I, I am, I'm a sweet addict. I'll just admit that right up front. And I, which Pastor Wendy and I may have Cheated just a little bit on this week. <laughs> was no cheating about that, was it? Y'all, y'all just took a nosedive. <laughs> but <laughs> we, we went in. Yes, we did. But I realized that, you know what? When I eat sweets, I don't put good nutrients in my body. So I've had to cut out 
sweets and and make a, a, a adjustment so that I'm not eating as much sweets so that I'm putting good nutrients in my body. And that's so I can maintenance my body. It's just like relationships. Sometimes you have to cut out things, cut out things that are taking up your time, that are wasting your time, maybe on your devices, on Facebook, and make some adjustments so you can go out and have personal contact with people instead of being stuck into your phone. Absolutely. And I love that. You know, she said, you got to figure out what's, what's not, you know, putting the right stuff on the inside of you, you know? And, you know, one of the things we, I think we were just talking about this in the hotel last night. It's like, you know what, with, with social media, we're already beginning to taper off because we're seeing how we don't want to set our kids up to come up in that because I mean, if if you, I mean, no Facebook can, can really put you on a, emotional roller coaster you know and and it's really teaching us what 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 it's really doing is teaching us how to compare ourselves with other people and then we start judging where we are and we're looking at somebody else's post and we start feeling bad about what god's doing in our life that's that's what it and we have to be careful of that you know because we get in this comparison and and we get sucked into drama you know, and it's like, so we're already beginning to kind of taper off some of that. And so the other day I remember we were at home and I got, I, I was, you know, I, I went and took all the iPads and with our kids right now, we use mainly iPads when we're taking long road trips. But we put everything away and we were flipping through the TV and I told my wife, nothing's good on TV. And I, I went to our Amazon app and I found Reading Rainbow. Y'all remember that? Y'all remember that? I, and I started, I watched like five episodes right there of Reading and I told my kids, when y'all get home from school, y'all are watching one episode every day of Reading Rainbow. <laughs> and just trying to, trying to cut back and give some things that are wholesome and healthy. And so, so it is with relationships, guys. What are, you, what are you giving people that you're in relationship with? What comes out of your mouth? Because here's the deal. They're receiving that. What actions are you showing them? Be positive and, and help people out. And the, and the last thing I want to talk about with, with maintenance is, and I saw this quote the other day. I think they're going to put it on the screen. Uh, make sure you check up on your strong friend. Come on. Yeah. That's it right there. Check up, check up on your strong friend. Let me really break it down. Check up on the person uh, who's always serving in church. Check up on the person who's always doing everything for everybody else. Check up on that person. Because a lot of times they get in this, what I call autopilot. And they're just going and going and going. And their tank is getting low and low and low and low. Check up on that person that looks like they're successful. Check up on that strong person every now and then. I, would, I mean, you just, I mean, do that. Because it just might save their life. Check up on your strong friend. And the last thing we want to, is this helping anybody? Y'all okay with all this? Okay. Give us a hand clap to encourage us. Okay. We got a few more minutes and we'll be closing out. Uh, but the last, last thing we want to talk about real quickly, because this is, this is a big part of the reason why we came here this weekend, was uh, to meet with the young adults and uh, the young at heart. And, you know, being in ministry for uh, nearly 20 years, and, you know, that's always one of those areas where it's like, it's like how do we meet the needs of the young adult ministry? And those, because that's, a, that's, a, that's people from different ages, in stages of life, 
uh, uh, some college, some single, some married, some divorced, some with children, some single parent. And it's like, but I believe, you know, there's, there's no greater place than the church to help meet those needs for that young adult ministry because, because they are a vital part of every church. And a lot of times, you know, the, we, we would joke with some of our, our young adults. It's like, you know, y'all are called to do much more than just babysit. Come on. Or our singles, you know. you know. In fact, we have one, one of our singles, uh, Denise Marcia, she was like, you know what? I'm tired of being y'all's babysitter, <laughs> you know. And so, and so with that, it's like, you know, we, we, we loved our time here Friday and, and then Saturday with the group. But I just want to leave the church as a whole with a few thoughts because, number one, it takes a village. It takes a group of people. You know, and, and we do it with our children's ministry. We, we focus on children. We focus on youth. And then we've got adult. But it's like it's like that those young adults that are very uh, at a pivotal moment in their life and going through different seasons. And it's like we want to make sure that we are aware. We want to make sure that we are a church that that when a young adult walks in through the door, they, they feel like this is a place that I can connect with somebody who's who's going through what I'm going through. Once again, listen, God is a great connector. He just needs willing people to say, yes, Lord, use me to step outside of myself and connect with somebody else. And everybody has a story. Everybody can impart their story into somebody else. Everybody has some experience or, or something you've done in the past or maybe a past mistake that you can help somebody uh, uh, avoid. And so with this, when I think about young adult ministry and I think about relaunching, as I was talking to Pastor Ray and Wendy, they're like, we want to relaunch this thing. How I many know when you launch anything, it takes a lot of energy? Okay? It takes energy. It takes time. And you got to be committed. You know, I think about astronauts when they, when they climb into the space shuttle and, 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 and they're locked and loaded and they start doing the countdown for launch. How I many know they were already committed before they got there? Come on, that is, that is not the time to be in the, in, the, in the space shuttle and to do the countdown and say, wait, 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 wait. I mean, no, you, it's, oh, no, you, you, you better get ready for the ride. You, you got to be committed to it. And so as a church, guys, we got we to be willing, ready, and able to spend the energy, the time, the effort, and be committed to launching anything that's going to further the body of Christ. Amen? And so uh, just a couple thoughts real quick. Uh, with Young Adult Ministry Relaunch, I want to talk about the why. why. Why would we put time into young adults? Well, here's a, to meet the needs of an ever-changing and growing demographic. I mean, it's ever-evolving. Ever-changing. One of the things that I've seen in, in my tenure of ministry is when, when, when teenagers, you know, graduate, and then it's time for them to leave the uh, youth group. They kind of get stuck sometimes. And then they're, they're unfamiliar with big church, and they're still thinking about teenage. And nothing wrong with youth ministry, but we've got to have something to propel people forward into life. And it's ever-changing and ever-growing. When? Everybody say now. The best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. Think about that. So when I say relaunch, it's like, let's do it now. How can we? And we had a great, great uh, 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 several sessions with the, with the young adults, and, and we begin to brainstorm, and we begin to uh, uh, create uh, different avenues and different ways that we can engage 
the young adult community. Uh, you know, even you guys are right in the midst of, <laughs> of just an amazing area here in, in Dallas, in, in the Plano area. Uh, tons of young adults that we saw even yesterday just at the restaurant walking around. And it's like, okay, well, the time is now to, to, to reach out. And here's the deal, guys. When I, when I say reach out, uh, uh, it doesn't mean necessarily all the time. When we think we do an outreach, we always think, okay, I've got to get them into the four walls. No, you, you are the four walls. You, you, you are the church, and it's being strategic. And we got to quit thinking that, that a successful group is when you have a, a gathering and 30 people show up. Well, you know what, what the problem with that is? You got 30 people, and you're hosting the group. You're not connecting with anybody. You're walking around too busy trying to make sure everybody's got enough to drink and this and that, enough to eat and all this stuff. And, 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 but, but you know what? If one person shows up, to your group, how I many know that's a that's a connection that you never know what's going to come out of that connection. The time is now. The time is now. Uh, how? Well, strategic collaboration with the younger adults that we met with uh, over the weekend. We 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 empowered them and encouraged them, inspired them. Hey guys, get together, take ownership. I believe everybody that's a part of this church can speak something into that because we can all bring something to the table. You know, because raise your hand if you're married. Okay. Well, okay. Keep your hand up if you were single one time. That's what I'm talking about. Y'all, y'all understand what I'm saying? You understand what I'm saying? You don't think just because you're married, you've been married 20, 30 years, you you can't you speak into that. No, you got you got years of experience and knowledge. Come on, that you can bring to the table, and not let Hollywood train our young adults. Not let social media train our young adults, but bring some, some, some genuine stuff to the table. And then who? Who's going to do this? Well, the entire church. Once again, it takes a village. It takes a village of people that are committed, that says, you know what, God, we, we, we want to reach a generation of people. We, 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 we want to help the single parent. We want to help the person right now uh, that, that is struggling. In relationships, we want to help the person right now that's trying to decide, uh, you know, uh, where they're going to go to college. We want to help that person, have a, have a connection point for that person. The time is now. Time is now. And it begins with each and every one of us. It begins with the person that's sitting to the left and to the right of you. To step up and say, you know what, God, I'm going I'm to step outside of myself. And here's the beautiful thing about that. When, when, when me and my wife got together and we... We, we went on this journey, and, uh, which is, was a beautiful journey. We learned a lot about each other, but we also learned a lot about ourselves. And I can honestly say that, that in marrying her and going on a journey with my wife, that's what changed me. That's what changed me. Then years later, having, having children, I mean, oh, that changed me again. In a good way. But it changed me again. And, and we never would have had that. We never would have had that if we had not decided, you know what? We're both jacked up. Let's see what God can do. I mean, ready to see what God can do. Come on, let's, let's see what God can do. Y'all stand up with me. We're going to, we'll close out here in just a, just a moment. But I'll just, right before I turn it back over to Pastor Ray, um, I'm telling you, man, when, when God brings two people together, all he needs is two. Well, when he brings a, 
small group or a community like this or a church like this, and he brings you together, you know, your, 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 your biggest question to yourself, which is I always ask myself when I get ready to do anything with anybody, I'm looking, how can I add value? Not, not what can you do for me, but, but, but how can I add value to what's going on in your life, in your world? How can I be an impact? How can this go further than just a one-time thing? You know, how can I, how can I, how can I help you get to your next level? Because in me helping you, guess who I'm really helping? I'm helping myself as well. Because while I'm helping you, God's helping me. And that's what it's all about. Amen? That's what it's all about. Father, we thank you for this moment. And right before I turn it back over to Pastor Ray, Lord God, we just thank you for the time that we've had here with, with City Church. The